Hello, everyone. This is Vern Value with... Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. And I'm Val Hughes. Get it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and we're the Value Guys. And we're here with this week's edition of the Value Line Observer. We'll be looking at stocks in the Value Line Investment Survey dated today, April 7th, 2006. Um, briefly, uh, by way of introduction, if you haven't listened to us before, we're a couple of long-term uh, Wall Street professionals. I've uh, been working in the industry for, on average, 20-plus years uh, between the two of us, or each, I should say. Well, I'm uh, But you can learn more about, our, uh, uh, about us and um, why we've assumed secret identities so that we can come secret, to you secret, secret. with unvarnished views. Completely unvarnished. No varnish whatsoever applied. Not a bit. Um, at our website, uh, www.thevalueguys.com. Clever name, huh? Um, as we uh, caution everyone every week, we may or may not own any of the stocks that we talk about. I own them. Uh, as many as you can. I know, I know. And um, uh, we take, of course, no absolutely, absolutely no responsibility for any action you might take based on what we have to say. I don't think Because this is any. really designed for entertainment purposes. Uh, you know, we like to sit around on the weekends and talk about stocks, and uh, Value Line's a great resource for finding new ideas. So uh, we'd like to look through it and see if we can find some interesting things to say. I'll have uh, some observations about the uh, packaging and container industry later, but first I believe Val's going to lead off with... Uh, uh, what are you going to lead off with? Uh, building materials this week. Building materials. They've got is, a lot of stuff this week about uh, with, with, with regard to building. A lot building of building. Is building a verb or an adverb in that? Uh, building um, materials. I guess it's uh, an adverb. Well, I don't know, actually. But uh, go ahead. Uh, you know, that doesn't say on here anywhere. Anyway, uh, we're going to look at a couple of industries this week. I'm going to jump around a little bit. Um, the first one up is Building Materials Industry, page 851. And as you might guess, there's a big debate going on because Wall Street doesn't know whether to uh, sell the building stocks down because we're, you know, in an imminent danger of recession and collapse of the housing market. Uh, you know, USA Today the other day said that 40% of the homes bought last year were either investment property or second homes, and that's alarming people. So there's a lot of good value uh, right now in terms of cash flow yields and such in this industry, but, uh, you know, the bet is will it be sustainable, will it not? I just say that we, uh, we mentioned something last week, uh, you know, the Wall Street Journal a few months ago on the anniversary of Ronald Reagan's inauguration simply pointed out that since he was in office, uh, despite what the pundits might think, 96% of the months since that time have been GDP growth months, 4% have been declining. So, you know, you can spend your time trying to figure out when the next recession is uh, for the 4% of the time that it's happening, or you can pick good companies that are apt to weather a storm. And, of course, um, I happen to think that uh, the demographics of an aging population, the wealthiest uh, group of people in the history of uh, the planet, uh, all trying to move south, uh, and buy homes, uh, enormous wealth, a lot of that's heading into real estate. So it looks to me uh, like a little bit of a sustainable trend, and so there's some good bets in here, um, I think. Anyway, the first one up is... Uh, Immigrants, legal or not, are adding to the population. The population's growing, and uh, there's nothing more powerful than a rising tide, right? Well, and wealth is growing. So more people, more wealth, uh, you know, more homes, I think, is what's going to happen. Um, and certainly improving your home for those that are retiring is a, is a common uh, theme, as you may know uh, from your own uh, 
uh, history. Uh, but in any case, so there's a stock here, and I don't know anything about this, Ameron International Corp. I'm looking at it here really for the first time. Um, ticker AMN. What do they do? Uh, they trade on the New York Stock Exchange, oh, and okay. they do it extremely well. Now, this company, uh, they are a manufacturer of protective coatings for the petroleum, marine, and industrial markets. They're a leader in concrete and steel pipe used for water and sewage products in the western United States. And uh, just for fun, they also make uh, lighting poles. Um, so uh, they are, you know, in the midst of a construction market, and they're also the makers of some specialty products for uh, industrial markets. And they're, you know, they've had some uh, de decent growth over time. They've got a trend of improving margins. Uh, they trade at uh, just under 10 times cash flow and have about 6 bucks in free cash flow. That's about 11 times. They've got a very stable return. Uh, you know, it looks like uh, they're enjoying a surge in spending by corporate America. Corporate America is loaded up with cash right now, and I think for the first time in history, uh, corporations have more cash on their balance sheets than, uh, uh, than uh, consumers, and uh, they're starting to spend some of that. There's also some regulatory issues that are creating increased demand. Uh, this company, in their fiberglass and composite pipe group, uh, sales were up 38% last year. Uh, in their, uh, let's see, performance coatings group, sales are up 18%. Uh, they're enjoying a surge of business from, of course, Katrina and various things, infrastructure. There is a long-term trend here in the sense that infrastructure of America, particularly in water, is uh, in uh, you know, serious need of improvement. These guys appear to be serving right into that marketplace. And, uh, you know, these are very entrenched trends. The stock's 14 times earnings has a little yield, not much, 1%, good balance sheet, uh, good earnings comparisons are coming up, and, uh, you know, it looks like something worth, uh, worth owning here. A water and, play uh, at a deep discount yeah, to the market. Yeah, exactly. They also own 50%, uh, by the way, of this Tamco mill, steel mill, in Southern California, so one of the hottest economic zones in America. I think 40% of all freight from Asia, uh, which of course is gaining share, comes into Southern California in either Los Angeles or Long Beach. These guys own 50% of a steel mill in Southern California, which by the nature of its geography is pretty well non-economic with regard to service from the Midwest. So it looks like they may have some little monopoly, oligopoly going on in the uh, Southern California steel market market, which is another reason to, to be interested in this. But it's cheap, long-term trends. Uh, I'm a buyer of this. Amaron. Okay, moving along. Uh, building materials, Masco, M-A-S. Value line rates this five. It's on page 860, and it's worth a look. If you look first at returns on capital, this company over time has, uh, in, in what's fairly cyclical business, um, you know, they they're in construction. They make plumbing equipment. They own the brands Delta and Peerless, if you've never heard of those. And in cabinets, they have Marilot and Craftmade, and probably you have one of those in your house right now. Uh, as baby boomers age and move into second homes or, you know, trade up to new, uh, new homes, you know, one thing that's been spent on these days, as you well know from your own bank account, I'm sure, is uh, kitchens and bathrooms. These guys are well-placed in those markets. Uh, they're earning 15% operating margins, and that's despite uh, an increasing trend of price pressure due to mass market sales in Home Depot and Lowe's, which are gaining share, so there's price pressure on suppliers. 
and uh, at the same time they're facing raw material costs and yet they're still managing to return 20 percent on equity. So to me that's very good management and it's also uh, I believe the power of a brand. So when you got aging baby boomers meeting brands they recognize uh, I think it's uh, it's something where you're going to have a lot of market share. You know, when was the last time you got your mom to try a different cereal, for example? You know, once you have this type of stuff in your house, uh, you're, you're going to continue to use it, I think. They've got uh, uh, some serious uh, uh, earnings uh, growth that's coming to an end right here, so they're having kind of a flattish year. I think that's why you get an opportunity to own it. Stocks down a little bit over the last 18 months. Uh, it has a little bit of a yield, 2.7%. It's 10 times cash flow, 12 times free cash flow for a 20% return on equity company. Uh, you know, that's, that's pretty good. They also have some serious initiatives that are about to kick in, including, ladies and gentlemen, the fact that uh, this company has yet to get in line to outsource supply from, uh, from Asia. They're now doing that. Management's estimating that they're going to save 25 to 30% of cost of goods over the next few years which gives them a lot of flexibility in price, and uh, they may keep some of that in margin. So they're also getting some consolidation uh, expense reduction from some recent acquisitions, and that should help them going forward a little bit as well. Uh, value line here estimates 12% earnings growth over the next few years. The balance sheet's in great shape, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's cheap. So MASCO, M-A-S, buy it, okay? Now, moving along. I got a little stock here again. I've never heard of it. It's called Dixie Group. Ticker, I can't even read this. Uh, DXYN rated 5 by value line. Uh, trades on the NASDAQ. Uh, what do they do? Well, let's read here. Value line, Dixie Group. What they do is they manufacture high end carpet floor coverings for the commercial and residential markets. They've got some brand names like Fabrica, Massland, Dixie Homes. These are high-end names. It plays into a trend I've been talking a little about here, which is aging baby boomers selling expensive homes in Boston and New York and Chicago and San Francisco and moving into cheaper homes but bigger homes on a square foot basis in the South and in Florida. And they're going to spend money on nice accoutrements for their golden years, nice carpeting, nice tile, nice bath faucets, nice cabinets. Yeah, and all those things are technically accoutrements. I accoutrements, right. yeah. yeah. No, I, I think so. And particularly in France. So uh, <laughs> they sell this in France as well. They've got a little bit of an international business. Accoutrement. But it's six times cash flow, eight times free cash flow. The stock has a chart I don't like. It's up a little bit. But, um, you know, it, 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 it's still pretty cheap, and they've got some cost savings coming. They don't earn as good a returns as Masco, but I think with the high end and the growth in the baby boom uh, accelerating in terms of the retirees and the second home buyers, I think this is a, a good bet uh, for a little luxury item in carpeting. They're just now getting around to getting some economies and scale and that type of thing. Finally, uh, a couple other quick ones. Kimberly Clark, household products. It's a defensive buy. Value Line hates the industry. But Kimberly Clark, KMB, it's rated four. This is a great company that's invented industries, ladies and gentlemen. Here's some things that they do uh, Scott, Kleenex, uh, Viva, Cottonelle. Cottonelle. I mean, you know, you have a lot of this in your bathroom. These guys have earned. 
20% returns on capital forever, 30% wow. returns on equity. They have an 11% net margin. They've got 20% operating margins. I'm out of breath with how good this company is in terms of their operations. Now, it's not a growth market, but uh, this stock traded at a premium for years back 10, 15 years ago. It's been on a downward slope in terms of relative performance for six years, and now it's trading at a huge discount, nine times cash flow, 12 times free cash flow. As uh, the world gets more wealthy, uh, you know, people are going to want more personal care products. Colgate knows that, and they're in every market in, in the world. These guys are slowly finding their way internationally. And uh, to boot, they've got some price hikes coming, some cost reduction coming. So uh, uh, I think also it's worth noting that they're, they're paying a 3.6% yield. So this is one just to put away and wait. That's Kimberly Clark. Because the, the market will turn around and like big, defensive, consumer non-durable names. And when they do, that 20% discount, I, you shouldn't be surprised if it's a premium. Absolutely. I think that's right. Finally, a quick uh, something I actually agree with Value Line on. Home Depot, we visited it before, rated one, uh, wonderful numbers, good growth. They finally, Value Line downgraded Lowe's and made it a two. So I think when we last visited these two, they were both ones. I suggested owning Home Depot. Value Line now agrees. And uh, great company, good price. They've got it rated one, and I've got it rated one as well. Uh, finally, a quick one to sell, Select Comfort, SCSS. I think they're putting out stores. They're selling beds, but, you know, they're buying space in malls. And in beds, you don't get repeat customers, ladies and gentlemen. You buy a bed, and you're gone. You know, you don't come back next season. What colors are the beds this season, you know? So once you sell a guy, you're gone. It's too expensive to spend space in the malls for this one. It's 32 times earnings. It's about... Uh, 25 times cash flow. I think this one you can set aside. And that's all I have this week. This has been Val Hughes. Thank you. And now it's time for Tomorrow. our. Oh, uh, let's have a toast. A little beverage to the, break. To the value, guys. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for listening. Okay. Vern Value. Uh, Vern Value here, turning our attention this week to the packaging and container industry, um, which has four two rated stocks in it. You know, it's our style to try to, you know, bottom fish where we uh, see opportunity. What uh, happened this because week? Because we are the value guys. Value guys. We are looking at the value line investment right. survey. What uh, happened, though? Why can't we do why that? Why can't we do that? Week? Because I looked at a bunch of their fours, and they're right. They're lousy <laughs> stocks. Uh, so, okay. you know, hard to, hard, to, hard to argue that. So I go around the other way. You know, is there something... In the twos. Are there that's twos that might be good? Absolutely. And I, and I got excited because actually the first name on the list of the twos is Clarkor, a name we know uh, is categorized uh, in the packaging and container industry uh, incorrectly. What are um, they actually Well, do? I guess years ago this company, they, they make filtration products, right? And uh, years ago they had a, uh, they had a metal box business, uh, and there may still be the remnants of some small packaging rump part of the company, but I'm pretty sure it's less than 10% of revenue. So I think they got labeled in here at one point in time. and uh, Just stayed in I, I, You know, and I don't know, maybe when they started making uh, oil filters and metal cans, uh, somehow Value Line convinced itself that the metal can was a container as well. But hmm. in any event, it's filtration products for, uh, it says here, uh, transportation, mining, farm equipment, uh, construction and industrial machinery. Um, you know, they do some environmental stuff, which has some nice um, high growth rates. big piece of the business is uh, Engine and Mobile, where they actually make higher returns. These are filters that go on vehicles, basically. So 
Uh, it's a filter company. The track record here is phenomenal. So uh, something that I would like to own, have owned in the past, um, you know, really almost uninterrupted growth for the entire 15 years of history shown here on the value line chart. Um, but you That's know an what, folks? Um, you know what, folks? You got to pay for it. Um, the the stocks uh, at thirty six dollars, basically at an all time high. It's uh, at a nearly a twenty percent premium to the market. The yield's been pushed down below a percent. Uh, there's essentially no debt on the balance sheet, uh, but yet, uh, you know, because of the because of the equity valuation, you still got. Uh, enterprise value uh, over EBITDA of north of 10 times, okay? So not cheap, 16 times cash flow. Uh, I mean, margin's great, return's great. Does have a couple things we like to see. Um, owners, and uh, officers and directors own a nice piece of the company, says so 6% here. And pretty some good. large shareholders are some pretty good company here. Uh, Gabelli, uh, Columbia, Wanger, Newberger, Berman, uh, all own big pieces of this business. Uh, says here, according to Value Line. Uh, they think Clark Orr is due for a major acquisition. That sort of smells like management's probably talking about it. Uh, they sure have the balance sheet capacity, so risk should be no issue. With a north of 10 enterprise value multiple, if they can buy something for eight times, uh, they'll, they'll arbitrage the, the, the difference in their valuation, supported by this incredible long-term track record. So I, I know I'm spending a lot of time on a stock that we're not recommending this week, but this is a very oh, high-quality name. No, we're not. Oh. We want to buy this at 10 to 12 times cash flow, and if you look at their history, they periodically that happens, okay? The 16 times current multiples near the high end of their historical range. So very high-quality name. Maybe you, uh, depending on how you like to track stocks, set something up in your spreadsheet that triggers uh, a notice when the stock maybe gets Well, Yahoo to, Finance lets you set alerts and have it go. sent to your cell phone. There you go, okay. everybody. So that would take care of that. So now turning to more traditional uh, uh, packaging names, that leaves us with three number two rated stocks. We'll look at Sunoco Products first. This uh, trades on New York under SON, $3.4 billion market cap. Uh, it says here they make paper-based. I don't really know these companies, so, you know, understand that. Uh, leading producer of paper-based uh, products, flexible packaging, says rigid plastic containers, so a mix of uh, material cost exposures. Uh, management owns like 5% uh, of this company. That's not bad. Um, cash flow multiple only nine times. This one's at a 10% discount to the market. There's a nice yield, 2.7%. Um, but if you, uh, if you go back here and look at history here, get some guide as to how investors value uh, a more traditional packaging stock like this, you'll see this nine times cash flow multiples near the high end uh, of the historical range. That sort of fits That's with the, due to the, cyclicality. the stocks at an all-time high. Um, you know, there, I noticed their return on invested capital uh, declined with recession, of course, and, and more difficult business environment. Uh, Value Line has it rallying, but really struggling to get back to the levels in the 90s. Makes me wonder if there's something going on here. Well, um, paper, maybe? Paper they, price? I, I, okay, so I'm thinking maybe it's just a cost issue, yeah. and we maybe we'd buy that and take advantage of it. But I also see here that currently strong top-line growth is apparently a function of, it says here, Sunoco, over the past two years, beefed up its R&D efforts, and that's now paying off. So guess what, folks? You should have bought it two years ago. Uh, so Sunoco, two rated by Value Line. We disagree. 
Uh, then we're going to look at the other two. I actually we're going to look at these compared with each other. Crown Holdings and Mead West Vaco, which is the combination of Mead, Mead and, and West, West Vaco. Vaco yeah. yeah, isn't that clever? Well, uh, they didn't pay all, anyone for that name. All is one word, and as, you know, it looks like they they capitalized the W because they didn't want to otherwise. I guess. Well, that's it, a cheap way to get a new name. I guess. Well, otherwise it looks like a small town in Finland or something like that. You have <laughs> no idea what it is. Um, and I guess you know the riddle here is as we look at these two stocks together. When is seven times cash flow cheaper than six times? And when is a 40-some percent premium to a market multiple cheaper than a 15% discount to a market multiple? In other words, why is Midwest Vaco a lot more attractive than Crown Holdings uh, despite these higher multiples? And we're going to explain this to you, folks. Um, first, let's, let's take a look at Crown Holdings, a two-rated stock, okay, by value line, $3 billion market cap, more than $7 billion in annual revenue. Wow, that looks exciting. Yet... The multiple is still a respectable 16 times earnings, so you know it's kind of like, what's the missing, uh, what's the missing link here? Well, it's not some kind of fish <laughs> crocodile head, is it? No, no. Debt is, uh, according to Value Line, 108 percent of capital. Let's see. Oh, uh, shareholders' equity is at a at a deficit and forecast to remain so through. 2006. So in other words, there is no such thing as a debt to total capitalization ratio here because it's just debt. Okay. Um, 3 billion equity market cap compared with 3.4 billion total debt outstanding. Folks, guess who owns the company? Where did all their equity go? It wouldn't be you. Well, uh, there would be some large losses they show Uh. in 2001 and again in 2003. Um, I'm betting that uh, there's been some significant what are you pointing well, at? Well, something here? happened here. They had 277 million in equity in uh, 04 and now they have minus 236. 236. Right. They, they didn't lose that. But much they didn't money. lose money. So, so we they must, must have, have large charges here. Yeah. Oh, look at this huge number. $3.10 a share in 05. So they wrote off some and They wrote off some stuff, some, I guess. Some bad so stuff. maybe I get excited about that, right? But um, you know, Value Line's talking about 7-8% returns on capital. Uh, and that's 06, after the 07, without the write-off, really sort of consistent with prior peaks, and for some reason thinks it's going to go to 12% in the out years. There's absolutely Why? no foundation for that I can see. They say themselves pricing is crucial for Crown. Their aluminum costs are up huge. They're planning price hikes, which ought to offset all that. But they even Value Line says that in Europe it's difficult to get price increases, and, and Crown's apparently looking for 5 to 10%. Also buried at the very end of the text in this value line is the mention Ah. of a very interesting word if you're trying to consider the risk side of an investment. Um, It's a little word. They didn't even capitalize it. It's kind of buried here. You might not even notice it. Um, (laughs) But we have. Okay, let's 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 settle the mystery here. It's asbestos, Uh and uh, I don't know where. It's not a Spanish word. I don't know where the word comes from exactly. El asbestos. But I know if you have this, you don't want it. Um, and I'll bet that might have something to do with this deficit that you've uncovered in mm. shareholders' equity. A maybe payment some, uh, to some uh, well, or maybe we decided to on. put uh, an estimated liability on the balance sheet. This whole asbestos thing, though, as you well know, may be turning around if you've been following this. There's, so Value Line's got um, what looks like an interesting um, story on valuation built around earnings going from less than ninety cents a share in '05 to a buck and a half in '07. But based on this pricing that they're going to get for some reason, uh, even though they are almost strictly a metal beverage uh, producer, beverage can producer, um, I, 
I, I'm sorry, folks. I just don't see that. On the other hand, Midwest Vaco, $5 billion market cap, only 40% of capital debt. Value Line says earnings are going to grow at a 30% clip. Wow. Um, and um, I'm looking here at what looks like a very interesting little uh, story. Uh, the stock's tw- a little under 28 bucks. It's traded as high as 34 in each of the last two years, so we're well off highs. The yield's been pushed to 3.3%. I've got a seven times cash flow multiple compared with nine to ten peaks over a relatively short history, okay? I'll acknowledge that. Um, They've got no volume growth in their model. In fact, very little sales growth at all. Well, why is that? Well, they recently sold its writing and printing papers business, and they also launched a major restructuring program. Hmm. So suddenly, Value Lines, I mean, not suddenly, but Value Line is talking about. difficulty in, uh, they, you know, they're not as optimistic about the $200 million in annual savings that Mead West Vaco says they can get. But the stuff Mead West Vaco's talking about all has to do with realigning a segment, consolidating overhead functions, um, workforce reductions. These are things with very high visibility. And the reason Value Line says they're not as optimistic is because they've got some costs that are going up. Well, guess what, folks? Everybody in this industry has costs that are going up. And if costs are going up, costs can come down. That's and no dis- competitive disadvantage. And despite Dan. that, you know, less optimistic outlook. So apparently, in value line analyst model, he's not giving them full credit for the two hundred million. He has some cost increases. He's got operating margins expanding and returns on capital expanding. Yet I can buy the cash flow multiple that's more at the low end of the range. I don't see that a word anywhere here. Yeah. Maybe I'd want to check that. But this is primarily a paper packaging company. And guess what, folks? In the paper industry, we don't, while, we, while energy costs are important, um, you know, typically we, we get stump, step function additions in capacity, and that brings down costs. Um, so with uh, all this restructuring activity that's going on, sufficient enough to drive operating margins higher, if you could get a little bit of help on the, on the uh, input cost side, I mean, for people that make packaging, the, the, the cost of the paper and the metal and whatnot is a huge proportion of total cost. By taking down the rest of your cost structure, you improve or increase your leverage to that improvement in cost structure, which will come eventually. So, you know, I don't know what the near-term outlook is, but it looks like I can buy this thing on some negative sentiment and a reasonable valuation versus history. And I think this actually looks like a pretty good value. Yeah, the stock hasn't run anywhere, and if they can do what they're talking about, it looks like a good deal. And disappointed at that point that I was only able to come up with one decent stock in the group, I went back and I culled through the fours again. And I've got one here. It's a little risky. But uh, Owens, Illinois, symbol OI, 87% debt-to-cap, for a $2.6 billion market cap company. So debt's almost twice its equity That's market cap. That's a little cap. scary, a little okay, scary. a little scary. These guys make glass containers, apparently have nearly a 50% global market share. So they're in business around the world. Um, higher costs have been a problem, but they have a restructuring uh, uh, effort underway as well. They've settled their asbestos issues. I'm, I'm looking at operating margins that, uh, although Value Line has them coming back, are basically remaining stable, there's some history of far higher numbers. Um, is there any reason to think that might be conservative? Well, historically they've done better, and they have currently high input costs and a restructuring program that's underway. Um, why get so interested in this? Well, Value Line says earnings, they think earnings are going to dip this year, in part because of costs for the restructuring. Their earnings estimate is flat. Um, but guess what? I got a 20% discount to a market multiple. I got a stock at 17 that traded at 27.5 within the last 
looks like 12 months for sure. And with cash flow approaching $5, I've got a multiple of about four times cash flow. So well, even on free cash flow, it's single digits, which is, uh, you don't find them cheaper than that too much. And I've got, if you look at the insider decision panel, and, and you know, those of you who are, are practice users of Value Line probably check this, you know, you, you scan this immediately when you're looking at the stock page. But for those of you who don't, it's a, near the top left, right under the 2009 to 11 projections. And you'll see that there are two large inside, or two, I don't know if they were large, I should say that, but um, uh, they appear that they were larger than sells anyway, based on the following table, but they show two insider buys in October and November um, at a time when the stock was higher than it is today. So, um, I, you know, I, I see something that looks pretty interesting here. You're looking at your tolerant for a little more risk, looking for a little more upside, uh, Owens, Illinois. Um, and that's our review of the paper and, pa or not paper, the packaging and container industry for this week on the value, value Line Observer, where we reviewed stocks from the Value Line Investment Survey of today, April 7, 2006. And uh, you have any last words, Val? Uh, this is Val Hughes saying so long, ladies and, and gentlemen. And this is Vern Value echoing my colleague Val's kind sentiments.